0: and welcome to The Peer Report. I'm your host, Rob Ludeman. It is time to bring the orange once again with our guest today, John Kimmerly, our Epic Solutions Alliance manager. I hope I got that all right, John. Welcome to the program.
1: Rob, thanks a lot. I'm glad to be here.
0: It is a pleasure. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Someone with your experience in the healthcare arena, uh, is going to give us some really great perspectives on what exactly is going on out there. How would you describe your current role within Pure? What, what, do, you, well, what do you focus on?
1: Yeah, currently I am the uh, Epic Solutions Alliance Manager. So I, um, I partner with uh, Tom T-Dubs Whalen on the engineering side to really help the um, Epic customers who um, run Pure achieve their outcomes. And uh, we're focused really, you know, broadly. Initially, on you know supporting the Epic EHR, but there's so much other, um, you know, ways that Pure can add value to these organizations. So we educate, discover, and enable the sales folks to uh, take advantage of those.
0: Yeah, and Epic's really been one of those strong traditional, you know, areas that the backbone of the company was built around. Epic, VMware, SQL Server. I mean, just places where All Flash really made an impact on, on how we can, can deliver services and, and, and make data more accessible more rapidly for people. Um, but you also come to us with a lot of experience. You, you have multiple decades. I won't say how many, right? We won't yeah, really, really right. stop here. But, but you have a, a lot of years on the other side. Um, in the healthcare
1: industry?
0: What kind of things things have you been involved in?
1: So, you know, prior to Pure, um, it was almost three decades on the provider side. So my, you know, virtually my entire career was in healthcare. The majority of it was in healthcare IT. The past 20 was with a $7 billion integrated delivery network. I had roles like vice president of clinical transformation, where I brought in you know, the EPIC uh, EHR to a four state uh, hospital system uh, um, and sat in the CIO seat for a year. And then the last three years there, vice president of IT strategy and planning. So stepping back from a particular, um, you know, revenue cycle or clinical applications and looking at how all the investment flowed through the organization and aligned with the the, um, objectives.
0: And you've got the uh, you've got the very orange pure polo on today. What 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 caused you to go and and kind of take, make a shift? Right, it is a little bit of yeah. a dramatic shift to be in healthcare and then go. I'm going to go work for this really cool upstart, you know, data management yep.
1: company. What what happened there? G- great great story. So um, at the time, I was doing some consulting, and um, because I have two decades of relationships with. EPIC, um, you know, really the the um, the implementation specialists that helped us go live back in the uh, mid-2000s are now the vice presidents there. And so when uh, Pure was looking for a um, person for this role, they called up to someone at EPIC and uh, they suggested me. What I found really interesting is, you know, in my previous roles, the core discipline was really identifying, clarifying, communicating, and realizing value, you know, yeah. These weren't just IT projects. We were trying to do something and it was often difficult to clarify that, but really in uh, this role, it's the same thing. We're we're trying to figure out where our customers are going, what impact they wanna make and make sure that the uh, interventions that we're proposing actually produce the value that they're looking for.
0: Yeah, and I'm looking forward to getting to some of those new and interesting trends, but before we look forward, um, let's take a look back. Let's, let's dig in a little bit on the experience that you have and, and maybe you can just provide a little picture on how healthcare IT has, has really has changed over those last three decades that you've been involved in those senior yep. leadership positions. I mean, what, what did it used to be like and, and, and what challenges came from that?
1: Yeah, the um, clearly the past ten years has been about the electronic health record. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, with the high tech incentives, you know, most organizations have um, you know gone through moving from um, a paper based record system. I mean, when I started in healthcare, it was a paper record, uh, and that, and that was the predominant way that clinicians charted. Along with um, you know enterprise imaging, if you went into a, radi- a radiology department, got an X ray, they exposed film, they took yeah. the film over to the processor, processed it, and then hung the uh, film on a light box. So I I remember those days because that was really what was um, you know we were replacing. And so um, that first digitization of those processes is probably the most remarkable. The uh what's i'm looking forward to going forward is really then how 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 do we leverage all the data that's in those systems and we'll we we can talk more about that
0: yeah for sure i think it's maybe that would you say would you characterize healthcare as being ahead of the curve on that digitization or was it something that they came i'm going to get you to laugh (laughs) with asking that i mean the perception is that they're kind of behind right is is the the old ways are good enough and don't don't give me this funky new technology to deal with like we it's working right
1: right right absolutely um, you are right spot on healthcare is a f- at least a few years behind most industries so you know it's actually quite fun to participate in thought leadership from a healthcare perspective because all you need to do is look at the other industries and you can pretty much you know pinpoint where healthier you know where they are where they're going because they're so far behind Um yeah.
0: What what has changed with the role of data then, right? And and again, I you know I've, I had I was doing a pod that I'll publish soon the other day with with a security ops analyst and mm-hmm. and it came back to a lot of what we were talking about was scale and scale and data mm-hmm. and you know you go from paper records which are manageable perhaps up to a up to a certain point but as you start digitizing everything it's it's faster it's more convenient but all of a sudden you're creating more and more and and oh, there's yeah. a need to manage it.
1: So, um, you know, t- data management within healthcare is, um, it is critical. I mean, at, at its core, healthcare is a, um, you know, information endeavor. Yes. It's at, sometimes you need to go get operated on or some procedure, but really the majority of it is just managing in from in for information. The, um, the um, And even before you get to the kind of the, the uh, physical layer, the storage layer, there's just a great opportunity to simplify and, and consolidate. Probably one of the biggest challenges that is, is um, and, and I'll tell you a quick story. When we were going live back in the early 2000s, our number one risk was really clinical adoption. We wanted to make sure that the nurses and the physicians actually use the system. Right, the way right. it was, and so one of the strategies was to, give them multiple ways to do a particular workflow, as opposed to forcing them one way, we would provide flexibility. But when you gave them flexibility, then the data was stored in different places. So if you were doing a, you know, some type of dashboard on that particular workflow, you would have to know all the different places to go look for the data to bring it into a, a single view, often pulling from different category lists. And so it was a real problem. Um, there's a real opportunity to um, you know consolidate and simplify the, the, the uh, data what I think we're going to see in the next five to eight is a you know 10x um, multiply of the data that's within healthcare or, or organizations the um, If we start to collect uh, sensor information on business and clinical processes through the internet of things, data points from wearables, um, social determinants of health, so pulling in data that's outside of the actual provision of medical care, but more from the environment or genetics, things like that, there easily could be a 10x, and you're right. At that type of scale, you need to be fundamentally you know, infrastructure does matter. What's interesting is I spent you know, most of my career at the application layer. And now that I'm on the um, you know, more on the uh, infrastructure layer, you're starting to see that with the massive amounts of data, you know, infrastructure does matter.
0: Yeah, it does. I mean, you, you touch on sort of the classical siloed problem, right, when you provide that freedom and flexibility, or maybe IT is decentralized, and they're just, and, you know, we talked about this in the lead up to, to doing this pod just about, you know, previously, it was it was largely a decentralized process, right, where uh, where IT was not driving strategy, it was just strategy saying we need to do these things, and IT goes <laughs> off and and kind of does these sort of one-off projects. Well, what happens when you get one-off projects? You get one-off infrastructure, you get one-off silos yes. where yes. things live, oh, yeah. and then chaos reigns, and you need to you know you need to kind of pull everything um pull everything back in. I want to I want to get to some of the insights because you mentioned earlier beyond EHR and I think that's a really interesting I guess should we call it an initiative something that we we we're, we're doing here both at Pure but you also get a chance to speak with a number of of healthcare CIOs and and kind of get insight into trends so let's start at a big one this wouldn't be a this wouldn't be a podcast if i didn't use the term digital transformation so let's go ahead and get it out there and check that box but regarding that ownership that we just talked about yep. is 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 that shifting right now as there's yep. a realization that you need to, to, to get centralized and and it needs to drive more what what the healthcare priorities are
1: yeah uh, the uh, w- I am seeing a shift in some of the authority and around the transformation projects. Um, and when everybody's when IT is in everything, uh, you know what is the IT department responsible for? And we're starting to see, not in all or organizations, but quite a few where the there's a chief digital officer or a chief digital transformation officer, and this is a colleague to the CIO. You know they're usually reporting to the CEO. In the anal- in the analytics area, we're seeing um, you know chief um, data officers. Um, so you're you're starting to see this elevation of the strategic value of uh, digital transformation and the data itself. Uh, it's, uh,
0: Interesting, yeah, the specialization, but for a purpose. Because I think if you're going to invest in in some of these new areas you actually need to have experts, right? You can't do it the same way that yep. it's it, yep. effectively been done. But at the same time, then we were just talking about the centralization. So how is IT then shifting in, in the healthcare space to where it's not as service oriented, right? It's How, yep. it, how is yep. IT yep. now shifting to yep. drive strategy? Which is not just a healthcare thing. We hear this in right. every other vertical industry where <laughs> if IT knew more about the business and business knew more about IT, and they met somewhere in the middle that things would work. Can,
1: absolutely, yes. Um, clearly, the past few decades, most IT or organizations, you know, were service oriented. They would use words like, you know, um, uh, just as you said, you know, business strategy drives IT strategy. They would engage the senior leaders to find out what they needed, uh, take their order, go do it. You would hear things like on budget, on, t- you know on-budget, on-time, on-performance as yeah. a measure of um, effectiveness, and um, what that, probably in other industries as well, but within healthcare, it has really led to a, a just a, a bloat of the IT organization. You know, they ask for things, you go get them, it takes people to um, maintain them, it takes, you know, space, and so over... If you want to throw gasoline on the fire, you have some federal incentives that you know give you money for meaningfully using EHR. So, but there's clearly a um, you know um, you know bloat within the healthcare IT organizations. Right now, a solid IT strategy is, you know, just to simplify, um, reduce the complexity, reduce the cost. What's interesting um, on this very on this very topic um, yesterday, I went back to um, Dr. Uh, Howard Rubin's website, and yeah. he has a IT intensity curve, and it's a uh, for each major industry, it's a um, um, a, core, a curve that speaks to the, the correlation of IT spending and profitability. And kind of the classic um, uh, curve would be one where if you spend too little on IT, then you're not profitable. If you spend too much on IT, you're not profitable. But somewhere in the middle is a sweet spot. So it's kind of a concave curve. Uh, what's interesting, I looked at uh, the healthcare, and it's a downward sloping it's, it's not even a curve, it's almost a downward sloping line where the most profitable healthcare organizations spend the least on uh, IT. Now yeah. that might be changing, but yeah. hist- historically, I think that has some, um, you know, some broader um, uh, correlation with my observation that, you know, there is just a lot of, um, you know, uh, excess uh bloat within the IT did you
0: how I mean do you have any anecdote like did you ever experience this bloat did you ever like when one of your prior roles like run an audit and go what you know what are we working on you know, how many different right. things do we yeah. have like like did you do this I
1: stumbled in I stumbled into it um, so in the VP of IT strategy and planning role we were putting more structure to all of our projects. And we started with the, you know, the, the strategic projects were, you know, well put together, they were focused, but the the mid-tier, uh, and we categorized uh, the projects of 100 hours or more across this four-state system. And I, I really thought we'd have 100, 120 projects. It turned out there was 400 on this list. We took three to four months, took the top 100, and we're going through identifying, you know, what is the value proposition for this project, what are we trying to do, what's the solution, is it a full solution, does it have the people process, technology, cultural elements that would actually in an engineering sense you know cause that value to be created and you know who's accountable on the business side. And we worked hard at it and after again three, four months talking with the business leaders, other IT leaders, I came to the kind of the hypothesis that half of the work that we did added no value. Hmm. And as I sat around the table with my other, um, you know, IT leaders and said those words, it was like, I was a heretic, you know, how dare you suggest that half of the work that we do adds no value. But um, um, as I've you know, spoken with other healthcare uh, CIOs, I, I think a, it, it's a fairly, um, you know, uh, a fairly prevalent idea and the Dr. Rubin's research actually, you know, that's where that curve, I, I think, um, you know, su- supports it.
0: Yeah. I was going to tie it back to that, you know, and yeah. that, that obviously is a great example of, you know, being on the other end of the curve where you're spending too much and, and ultimately you're spending on things where you don't know what the outcome or the value is. Right. I mean, right. You're just taking yeah. on all these different projects and, um, and and frankly, you know, wasting resources and, and yep. wasting time and again. We, you know, let's translate that to outcomes, right? Are you really able to deliver the outcomes for patients or to do things clinically as quickly as as, as you need to do when when there's all these varying um, varying projects and just blow. Like, where could you take that money and invest it in the Absolutely. next generation of things? Yep. Like all those things you were talking about earlier, where AI is going to come on board and. And, and, digitization, it's really hard to transform when, when you're, you know, you're stuck doing things that you're not really sure, um, you know, how or why you got into
1: that. Yeah. I, I, a quote that I really like, I don't know whether it was, um, uh, Porter or an, an, another classic uh, business strategist, but, um, you know, the, the essence of strategy is figuring out what not to do. And, uh, yeah. I think, um, you know, focus on a few things that are move the business forward and say no to the majority, you know, the rest of it is a solid strategy.
0: It's hard to say no. I mean, in, in all of our daily lives, as well as our working relationships, you know, we want to be pleasers and, and, and we want to see yes. Um, yeah. Final, final thought on the insights that you got from CIOs. Is there a growing trend right now? And, and I'm not saying on mass, but is there kind of a trend that medical orgs want to get out of the data center business or they want to shift things. Again, it goes along with yeah. the cloud transformation, but we yeah. can also bring in hosting or manage service providers, but effectively there is a high cost to manage your own IT. Right. And is right. that something that, that's going to start growing as well?
1: Yeah. Um, when we talk with, and, and there is a little bit of stratification where you know CIOs and smaller uh, sure. organizations might differ from my Large, but you know, fundamentally, I hear those words all the time. You know, we want to get out of the data center business, and as I probe it a little bit more, you know, what they really want is to get out of the legacy data center business—the okay. uh, the legacy experience, one where there's, you know, uh, large capital purchases, uh, disruptive upgrades, um, you know, capex, um, escalating maintenance. Um, all those things that um, you know they're really quite tired of, and I think a key element, and this was um, in one of your previous podcast, cause um, was talking about organizational agility. Mm-hmm. You know, the legacy um, data center it is not agile. It, it was purpose built for you know long, uh, you know things that were going to be around a long time, and it, times are uncertain. And uh, organizational agility is probably one of these, you know, key characteristics.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And cloud and hosting and and all those mm-hmm. things certainly enable that um, better. And, and again, I think I'm not saying that everybody's going to get completely out of that bottle. But even, you know, if we go to, you know, Sean Rosemarins predictions pod at the beginning of the year, right, one of his predictions that more and more we'll see in the future, just kind of data center as a service. And, you know, Jack Hogan right. um, yep. who did the bare yep. metals a service with me. was, he was kind of the same view is at some point, just data center services is going to be like a utility. You know, we flip mm-hmm. on a light mm-hmm. switch yep. or we use, we use the internet. Your data is just going to kind of live and reside somewhere. And you're not going to care where it is as long as you can access it and get to it. It's a, it's an interesting concept, but a little bit mind blowing. Cause for those of us that have been around for 30 years, you, you got to, Buy a server and deploy it, and you got to put storage right. on it, and you got to have a network, and you got to have a rack, and you got to have guys that are wrenching the things the whole time. And um, it's it's a new way of thinking, but it makes a lot of sense for that that agility that you mentioned. Yeah,
1: yep. um, yeah. Final thought? No, go, go. Oh, I, I was, was going to say, and you know all all those um, um, you know elements that they're getting um, of the legacy. Data center, you know, there are so many options um, um, that fulfill those underlying needs. So I, I think, you know, some of our um, challenges are really just on educating because um, yeah. there, there, there's often, um, you know, some, you know, more simplistic and um, uh, immature thinking about the ways that uh, some of these problems can be solved.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I think, you know, when I had Chris focus on and we were talking about, you know, the 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 new meditech. Uh, sort of uptime solution, one of his lines was they don 't know what they don 't know right? right they think it's right. good enough, or even when we were doing the healthcare packs with Mark Dobbs, yeah. he had the same line was you know there's a perception that it's good enough you know i'm mm-hmm. i'm doing I'm doing storage for my imaging, and yeah, it comes out in a reasonable amount of time but what if it just, you know, what if you just got your image right at the snap of a fingers, or what if you're able to pull things, or what if you didn't have to archive for a long time and your archive was actually in real time when you needed it?
1: I, I, here's a great example. Um, As you talk with process owners, um, so get outside of the infrastructure and talk with the process owners around analytics, um, you'll find that for years, they have been restricting the amount of data they pulled out of the, out of the EHR to move into analytics just because of throughput. There wasn't enough you know, hours in the night for everything to move. So they've been arbitrarily keeping it small. And it's um, to, to the point where you, the uh, clinician leaders are going to buy you know, third party analytics solutions to fill this gap just because there's a, you know, a, a, a throughput bandwidth type um, constraint. And if you were to you know, make that go away and you could have all the data that you want, what might you do? What might you discover?
0: Yeah, yeah, If you could ingest everything, and then you also have those people not worrying as much about the, the underlying storage or the infrastructure. It's you know how do we capture everything and and take a look at it. Well, since we're kind of looking forward, let's let's go on to what the new frontiers are that um, that that you're viewing because I love you as a, as a thought leader in this. Yeah. <laughs> space. But since we're yes. since we're on the subject of cloud, and I always kind of you know you listen to the cause and and Howard Rubin podcast, I we got onto cloud and I went, you know, it's really as a service, right? It's a service-based right. type of thing. Yeah. Let's not get yeah. hung up on quote, unquote. I'm doing air quotes, everybody. Uh, let's not get hung up on cloud as a term, but let's say, what what is the current view with with healthcare organizations on cloud adoption and better than that, you know, as a service adoption? Yeah. Is, it, yeah. is it an operating model? Is it a destination? Is it a little bit mm-hmm. of both? Like, What does that look like?
1: As we said, healthcare tends to be a a little bit behind. And and so, you know, three, four years ago, when I talked to healthcare CIOs, if you ask them what their cloud strategy was, they would say service now and Workday. They would just be, you know, pointing to two, you know, know, enterprise level platforms as a service. And um, if I look at... um, you know, some of the smaller healthcare organizations clearly they're looking for everything as a service. The larger organizations that there are some economies there and they're going to take advantage of it. But in general, I would say that the you know cloud strategy thinking within healthcare is very immature. Um, you'll hear you know um, individuals with very little experience talk about you know cloud only, cloud first, and they really haven't done a major project where they've leveraged the public cloud uh, once they do then now you know they take it they understand that there's you know limitations and there's you know cost and and you know they're much more open to a hybrid cloud strategy so i would say between one and ten or two and ten cios ctos uh, within healthcare are really able to articulate a hybrid cloud strategy a multi-cloud strategy a cloud everywhere type strategy where they Want to put the workload where it makes the most sense from a Mm -hmm. performance cost perspective, and so um, you know, before they get there, they have to go experience, um, you know, the limitations of these different solutions.
0: Yeah, you kind of got to, particularly if you have legacy tech, which which you've already established that many of them do, that you really have to, you know, crawl before you walk, and you certainly can't just go run right away. And so it's sort of the mantra of. know, pick a few things, you know, choose some areas where there might be some advantage with the agility or the data locality or the benefits that that as a service provide. And, and one of those is, is actually the next thing I wanted to ask you about is, is about, you know, archiving, you know, and I go, I go all the way back to working for companies that made, you know, big, big tape you know, tape robot sure. machine types of things yeah. that were really fun to take to a trade show and operate and see the arms pulling things out and, and the robot moving around. But what yeah. there is legacy data, right? There's there's HIPAA, there's it's compliance, a huge, there's all that. So huge issue. You, you've got escalating data. You've also probably got some some mergers and acquisition activity where you pull new
1: data in. So what do you do with Archive? Yeah. Well, um, it, I would say, in fact, we've done some uh, industry polling you know, at least probably two thirds of the healthcare industry don't have a good solution for it. And and this is a very pervasive problem, whether you're a small hospital that has, you know, gone from on, on Meditech, gone from magic to expanse, and you keep the uh, previous version up and running, or to your point, MA, where you're a large organization, and you've acquired practices over the years, and you have, you know, hundreds of legacy uh, ambulatory EHRs. And e- Even, you know, clinical data warehouses, uh, typically a medium large organization will have, you know, multiple uh, clinical data warehouses and, um, you know, they're moving to another one and they keep the other one. So significant regulatory, um, legal, um, and sometimes business process requirements to keep the data. And uh, they really don't have a good solution. And so Mm -hmm. we've been partnering with some, you know, um, uh, top, uh, data archive uh, solutions to provide a joint solution to um, to help solve that uh, problem.
0: That's outstanding. Yeah, sort of a more of a tiered approach because there still is really really cold data that you've you know you don't there there is need until you need
1: it, it and 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 um, you know being able to decommission the legacy application decommission the hardware that's running that, redirect the individuals, um, the um, FTE. So there's a lot of money to be saved there. Um, we're starting to see a little bit of a, a shift where the, the um, in healthcare, primarily that archive was focused on, you know, uh, just give me a solution that's, it doesn't have to be fast, I just have to get to it. But um, I think and it's probably still a few years away, but, you know, all that data has value, and especially if you're training up some, um, you know, some algorithms for some type of learning model, you know, all that data um, will have new value. So you'll want to have it um, much more accessible.
0: Yeah, there's there's that notion of, of taking, you know, taking data that you're just using as backup or archive and then actually doing things. Um, productively with it, right? Don't let it just sit there in neutral, I think is the mm-hmm. term that, that we going right. like to use, which which goes more to, so you, you talked earlier about AI and, and ML and you just you just referenced it right there. Relative to reporting and analytics, what's the trend there? You mentioned chief analytics officers coming yeah, yeah. on board. So that seems to be like a conversation you probably are having with, with almost everybody right now.
1: We are starting to see uh, reporting and analytics, um, you know, be elevated within healthcare organizations. As I mentioned, we're seeing, you know, chief data officer, chief analytics officers, and often, you know, they're coming from other industries that are a little more mature when it comes to analytics. So, and reporting directly into the C, the CEO or outside yes. of the C, the, um, IT organization. So that's really the, the, the first step, um, to get a, um, you know, a leader with a vision for what the art of the possible is within healthcare uh, data analytics. Um, so, a lot more room um, to grow in this area. But um, you know, we're starting to see those early moves.
0: Yeah, super strategic. Um, last but not least, and this is one we we hone in on quite a bit here because we have a, a lot of great solutions around it. It's a spectrum. Um, data protection, right? I mean, data data not being available or a hospital being down because of a ransomware attack yeah. Yeah. and cybersecurity in general, that, that must be, although you could probably go back to legacy tech, I would imagine restore times at most places are probably not acceptable given the legacy tech that they're running.
1: Absolutely. Um, You know, data protection, probably, you know, there's other more glamorous topics that we uh, talked (laughs) about earlier (laughs) in this. Totally true. Yeah. But but it's the Bedrock Foundation. And um, I would say eight out of 10 organizations that I talked to their backup and restore times are, you know, not good, you know, um, double digit backups and sometimes multiple day restores. And I think it was born out of not only the legacy tech, but almost a legacy thinking about, uh, the the uh, backup and restore where you know maybe 15 20 years ago you know if you could just restore uh, and get back up that would be enough so it's it, it's it, it's kind of like term life insurance where you buy it and it's there for the catastrophe but you really don't ever expect to use it mm-hmm. but now we've been up with these, you know, enterprise platforms for decades and stuff does happen and yeah. you do have to restore. And many of these executives now have gone through, you know, the, um, an event, an outage, and they understand the real, you know, business impact of these. So they're, they're, um, you know, more educated, they have experience in an outage. And so they're, you know, the, um, the, uh, backup and restore times and the, and the recovery points are, you know, there's definitely some best practices, and within healthcare, we find there's a lot of room to um, Im, Im, to improve
0: that. Yeah, you don't know you need it until you need it. Is absolutely the case, and that's with, that's with all of our data protection specialists that I talk to yeah. um, to a T. Hey, th- really fun insights. Great here in the juxtaposition of kind of the past and and where you see the future going. Let's close a little bit just around Epic because I know that's been a, sure. a historically, as I mentioned, really strong area, why do we deliver better outcomes for, for Epic?
1: Yep. I, I, I think if you look at all of Pure's value propositions, it allows the organization to focus on taking care of people. So okay. when you don't have outages, when you don't have disruptive upgrades, when you have a, you know, a simple storage solution that allows staff to work on other things, it allows them to focus on uh, t- taking better care of people.
0: That's quite simply what it's all about, actually. <laughs> we, we, we abstract the uh, worry about the hardware and, and focus on helping the people, which is awesome. Um, one, one thing I'm curious, what, what are you seeing trend-wise relative to kind of that on-prem deployment yep. of Epic versus cloud? Because I know they're, well, not cloud, let's call it as a service, right? I think there's a more of a sassy kind of
1: based thing that is out there, right? I, I like the way you describe that. I think it's intellectually much more specific. Um, so, you know, Epic's, um, uh, they, they probably have, you know, s- s- over 600 customers. Um, 85% of those are on-prem. Uh, 15% are with Epic hosting, which of okay. course is, um, you know, on Pure. And only 2 or 3% is in a uh, third-party MSP. You know, if we tie this... Um, Topic to the uh, discussion around you know what we're hearing for some healthcare CIOs wanting to get out of the data center business, um, you know I would expect that the um, you know third-party managed service provider uh, area would grow, uh, especially if there's some um, you know talent gaps or if there's other managed services that the organization is looking to uh, get access to. So you know, we partnered with um, you know several MSPs, uh, NTT Healthcare Managed Services, you know, oh, yeah. very. Very solid solution powered by Pure. So we'll we'll definitely see, um, you know, a little bit of a shift there.
0: Fantastic. Yeah, I want to make sure I get that in because I know that's the core thing you're focusing on. But I selfishly wanted you for all those other really interesting tidbits and uh, and and insights. Uh, anything else for anybody that's that's listening here, relative to you know if they're in healthcare and they're wondering you know, why pure, what what would you say to, to, to go check out and why why take a look into it
1: more deeply? And, and I think it it's a conversation that I think we're going to be having more in the future in, is really around this idea of organizational agility. So giving, you know, I'm thinking my IT strategist role. I mean, you want optionality, you want flexibility, though the, the, the future is much more uncertain, uh, uncertain. And so you want the ability to, you know, change change direction and, you know, as a service, um, you know, makes a whole lot of sense when it comes to providing yourself optionality
0: Yeah. Yeah. And we see that, right? I mean, even in the last, you know, earnings call, we talked about the growth in in Peer as a Service and people are just recognizing they... You know, they they want, they want the outcome. People don't want to do the laundry. They just want to get clean clothes, right? It's, right. it's, pretty, it's pretty simple. Yeah. Awesome. Well, John, I really appreciate it. T- tremendous insights. Thanks for letting us extract My all pleasure. that great knowledge out of your head. Anything that you want to plug um, before? You know, we
1: go? I would like to plug the December 7th uh, Pure Report. Um, it, it was with um, our founder, John Calgrove and uh, Dr. Howard Rubin. And I thought, I, I thought it was fantastic. It was uh, focused on the economics of data, and Dr. Um, Rubin has a tremendous amount of uh, uh, data from decades of looking at the industries. And there were some insights in there that I think were, um, um, you know, very interesting and maybe even, you know, not necessarily counterintuitive because it's based on data. But if you, you know, pull up some of the most recent, um, you know. Commercials on uh, technology. Um, uh, there's there's some uh, you know insights in that data that seem like it's counterintuitive.
0: Yeah, it's a good entree to uh, a number of other things we've we've published around some of those studies, and and Dr. Rubin's been you know doing work around studying the cost of IT for again, multiple decades that we've been right. talking here. So he's got perspectives on that and he weaves in Moore's Law. And there's just, it, it's fascinating, right? It's, it's fascinating stuff, even if you're not in IT, just to yep. look at how things have changed over time. So, so thanks for that. Yeah, to, to go to the Pure Report, check out the December 7th episode. And for everything else, Pure Storage, relative to healthcare, we've got a nice vanity URL, purestorage.com slash healthcare will take you to the main page for everything healthcare. And from there, you can jump off into what we're doing for EHR, what we're doing for Meditech, what we're doing for uh, PACS and imaging. And uh, it's, it's endless, even life sciences. We've, we've got a life sciences person on, uh, on our team right now who is focusing on that area. So really exciting space. Um, John, thanks again. I appreciate it. My
1: pleasure, Rob.
0: Great to have you, John, and thank you out there for listening to this episode of The Pure Report. Keep sending in your topic requests, and please tell a colleague and tell a friend to listen, and we will keep bringing the great guests like John in. And with that, we'll wrap for Pure Storage. And John Kimmerly. this is Rob Ludeman saying, don't look back, something might be gaining on you.